0: Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. I'm your host, Lisa Kosky, an attorney who became a mediator. I work to guide couples through their divorce with as much ease as we possibly can. I know that this can be a very scary time for people. And the purpose of this podcast is to take the fear out of divorce and to teach people that there is a better way to do it. And if you have kids, you know that the best thing you can do for them is to be a united front. We're so happy that you're here. I am so looking forward to introducing you to a friend and colleague, Dawn Clement. She is also an attorney-turned-mediator, and she is sharing her journey to becoming a mediator, she's also going to talk about a service called marital mediation. And it's something that is so interesting to me because it's a service that she has convinced me I need to add to my website. But what marital mediation is, is it's similar to divorce mediation, but like Dawn says in this episode, she found that she often got people talking, kind of helped them come to an agreement and maybe a solution to some monetary issues or things that were popping up. And she found that sometimes they were even staying together. So marital mediation isn't therapy and it's not a divorce. It's kind of like coaching you through coming up with agreements to stay married So stay tuned. It's really interesting and good. Welcome listeners. I am so excited to introduce you to Dawn Clement, a new friend of mine. Um, We've been kind of working together since this COVID thing happened. I get to meet all these amazing people across the country. And so we work together with Susan Guthrie and have really been growing our mediation practices. So Dawn, like me, is a family law lawyer that became a mediator. And so we have a lot in common Don's going to give us a little bit more information on something called marital mediation, which I am so interested in, and I don't offer it yet. So I really am going to be taking notes and writing down a lot of questions on this topic. So listeners, you're going to love it. And Don, just so you know, what I normally do is I just get my guest' authentic story as to why you were led down the path to be a mediator?
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I love that you asked that question because I think it's unique. It's unique to be an attorney that has transitioned to being a mediator. And usually there is an underlying story why. So the short story for a lot of uh, attorney turned mediators is, you know, COVID, You know, we can't go to court, so I'm going to slap up mediation on my door, and I'm now a mediator. But for me, I was mediating long before COVID, and the reason why I transitioned into mediation was when I became a parent, when I became a mother. I thought I was in family court helping families, so I was a child of a bad divorce, and I, you know, I thought I'm going to save the children, I'm going to save families, And when I got to family court, I realized that this is a chaos. This is tearing families apart. This is a disaster. I could not make sense of how this was helping families, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when I had children of my own, I I kept that, that feeling, your family doesn't belong in court this is wrong, that unease, that internal dialogue that you have with yourself that's saying there's got to be something else, there's got to be something different or better. But back then, uh, there was nothing that I could see, nothing that I learned in law school. Mm -hmm. It happened to be a local bar association conference that had a course on mediation. And in that conference, there was a nonprofit organization that would host community mediations um, in their nonprofit center, and they were looking for attorneys and mediators to volunteer. And the message just resonated. It clicked. It was an aha moment. And I was—I couldn't sign up fast enough. So I, that began my journey. That began my transition. And when I was in this community mediation center, I, I met all these folks that were like me. There was something different about them something unique something special uh, that led them to recognize that court is not the answer and it felt warm and fuzzy and i thought this is this is how do i do this so that was the second piece really was how do you turn this passion this love this um work that i'm doing for free into a business into paying clients. Like, how do I leave the lawyer field? You you know, my ego, all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I would be greeted in the morning. Good morning, counselor. You know, (laughs) I got to hang out with the judges in court every day. And all of a sudden, you know, it was a big transition for me. But the support was there. And I found a mentor who had been doing this a really long time. And, you know, we talked a lot about quality of life not only for us as attorneys, because if you survey a lot of the lawyers out there and ask them about their quality of life, what do you think the answer is going to be? Not a good one. So, but it wasn't just about our quality of life. It was the quality of life for these families that we were working with, these parents. So not only was I transforming my life as a mediator, but I began to um, transform the lives of these families. And it was just it was beautiful. Yeah, so, there's yeah. something
0: so magical about adding value to your clients' lives. And so Don, I need to ask, is it this, this is all you do now? You're not practicing law. You're correct. Honest. Yeah.
1: I, I'm still licensed to practice here in Pennsylvania and I, for, gosh, almost 18 years. And um, that's important to me. I keep my license up. I get my credits. I do all of the things. Um, but my main hat, my only hat really now is mediation. So I, I, I found it difficult. Um, and I'd be curious as, to hear how it is for you. But for me, I found it difficult to switch the hats from litigator to mediator. It is, it's not easy. You know, it is a different mindset, a different approach, a different strategy. And uh, I've, I just felt strongly that in order to be for myself to be a really good mediator, that needed to be it. I needed to be yeah. all in and not be switching back and forth between roles. And yeah. that was helpful to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And Did you notice that? yeah, Yes. And I also agree. I keep my license up as well, because I think a big part of why people come to me is because they do want to get legal information. They don't want to agree on something that's not going to hold up in court. So um, it's a, it's a great mix. And it's funny for me, the mediation was something that I wanted to do years ago when I first was in law school, I heard a little bit about mediation and I just kept putting it off because everyone kept telling me you couldn't do it. Where when I did, you know, when I finally bit the bullet probably like seven years ago and just went all in, I mean, that's where my business bloomed because that is where my passion lies. So we are very similar, um, in in what we're doing, but what I love about you, Don, is that you have a couple services that I don't offer yet that I'm hoping to, and the one that I'm so interested in learning more about is marital mediation. And really I'm coming into this cold because I don't know a lot about this. You know, I, I think about it and I think, okay, marital mediation. Well, it's kind of, it's probably for people who don't want to move forward with the divorce and I do get those clients and they come to me and say, well, what can we do? Legal separation. And you know, there's not a lot of choices. So I feel like maybe it's similar to the divorce work, but you're setting it up so that they like their finances, how can they work together together? To stay together in their marriage i see it not as therapy and um i see it almost as like coaching or getting people through this with tasks that can get them to have a better marriage and i see that as such a huge opening not that therapy is not necessary but there are some people who just want to kind of take action and get going and working on doing something to better their marriage so This means the world to me to hear about this because I am a huge proponent of marriage, of course. I've been married 30 years. So yeah, it means a lot to me. And then again, that being said, there are times when we need to move forward with the divorce process and I'm there to help people do it peacefully too. But can you just kind of delve in and explain, did you always offer marital mediation or is it kind of a new? Wow,
1: well, it found me. Marital mediation found me. And if you are aware and open and curious and inviting, these things will find you. So it happened, well, I started to get the nudge really early on. I would get a call from a potential client saying, I don't know. I don't think we want a divorce. We, I'm not ready for divorce, but I was wondering if you could mediate some of our issues. And I would say to them, no and i was very firm on this i would say the outcome of this process is a divorce decree or separation agreement right, right? so that was what I the, that was how I ran my business that that was the outcome as a matter of fact when folks would come to me to, for a consultation I would make sure that they both understand the process and what uh, the final step would be which is the filing of the divorce decree or the signing of the separation agreement and I wanted to make sure they were both on the same page but sometimes they weren't. So for the first situation, when the couple would call or the husband or wife would call, I would say, I don't offer that type of mediation. However, I have a list. I have a list of therapists that you can talk to for couples counseling. Talk to the therapist, and then if you need me, I'm always here. Door is always open if you need me. But here's, you know, here's the psychological piece, the therapist piece. You know, go for it, and I would that would be it. And then I would find in my medi- divorce mediation sessions that as we worked through a lot of the issues that were plaguing this couple, um, finances and so forth, I noticed that they were resolving conflicts pretty easily and they were talking to each other better and working with each other. And, you know, I would hear back sometimes that, well, we're going to work on our marriage, we have reconciled. Or we're doing great right now. We'll call you if we need you, Dawn, But we're doing pretty good right now. And I started to see this pattern of couples resolving conflicts in their marriage in my office or on Zoom, and not needing to file for divorce. So you had mentioned that uh, you've been married thirty years. So I've been married sixteen years. I'm very pro marriage, and I can't tell you that warm, fuzzy feeling you get inside with this was this is what makes us unique as divorce attorneys <laughs> that we get giddy when our clients don't divorce. Like I we know. get excited. So I know. we're a special breed.
0: We are. it's funny. Cause my husband will giggle. He always knows when it happens because I go into the house and I'm start singing matchmaker matchmaker. <laughs> and he's like, Oh my gosh.
1: It, it happens organically. It's not mm-hmm. our intention. We are not as divorce mediators, we are neutral. We're not trying to just separate this family. We are not trying to bring them together. We're just doing our job, which is conflict resolution at its core. Yes. And these conflicts that have come up. So I I had a consultation recently and I, I always ask, so what are your three biggest issues? And I hear finances, right? Number one, almost always children and parenting. I don't like the way he, she, parents, Um, communication, division of labor. These are not psychological issues. These are issues that we address in the divorce mediation process. Why not address them in marital mediation? Why not work out some of the issues around finances? It's not psychological. Sometimes it's just math and planning and preparing and having an open conversation, which we guide as neutral mediators.
0: So it's
1: not far off from the divorce mediation practice, actually.
0: Well, and as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking, you know, honestly, I would say about 25% of my clients who call for a consultation, about 25% of them are not sure that they want to move forward with a divorce. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I've kind of let them you know, I've sent them away or told them their options. And and now I'm so curious to start actually delving into this a little bit more. So, um, you know, and, and like you, kind of the the outcome at the end of the wishing well is I'm going to be a bridge to help my clients get through a divorce peacefully. So tell me, Don. so you like get what their issues are. And then do you have an agreement that they sign? Do you just have an agreement that they agree upon? How does it look in marital mediation? What's the final product?
1: Okay. So I'm not a therapist and I'm not addressing the psychological issues, but in mediation, even in the divorce process, we are addressing positions, interests, needs, same thing in the marital mediation. So we are addressing those topics. We're finding resolution. We're figuring out how to co-parent even when you're married. That's right. important. I'm a parent. I have to co-parent with my husband and it's not always easy and we have disagreements. So that's what we're doing in the session. So we're meeting, we're talking, we're going through the issues. As the neutral mediator, I'm looking for agreements I'm asking them for information. I'm asking them for proposals about how would you handle this situation? Right. So it's very similar to the divorce mediation process. And then there's a plan in place. This is what I agree to do. This is what, you know, my partner agrees to do. And then you would ask about, is it written? What does that look like? So there are three options, really. And this is the difference between going to an attorney marital mediator versus a therapist marital mediator. So the options that I offer are, one, we could just have a conversation, an oral conversation, not enforceable in court, Um, husband agrees, wife agrees, you know, to do these things, right? This is the plan, oral, nothing is written. They can ask me to write. The, the terms of their agreement, if you will, and what we call an MOU or memorandum of understanding. So it's a document that's not legally enforceable, they do not sign anything, but they will agree to those terms. These are, it's a, they're using their language reflected back to them that we discussed in mediation, that this is the plan moving forward. Not legally enforceable, they do not sign that agreement. The third option would be more like a post nuptial agreement. Um, not necessarily a separation agreement. They don't have to be physically separated or planning to divorce, but it could be a post-nuptial agreement that there are terms in place, maybe some financial terms that are important to protect one party or the other from some behavior of one of the spouses. And if they sign that agreement, then it is legally enforceable. So if one party does not live up to their terms of that agreement, let's say there's a financial piece in there if one of the spouses was a gambler or a business risk taker or putting the other spouse at financial risk, that spouse might say, I don't want a divorce. Okay. But I do want to protect myself here and stay married. So we would incorporate those terms into that legal agreement. So that would separate us from um, the, a therapist who is also mediating or a couples counselor. It does not discount the fact that therapy is so important. And yes. I highly, highly recommend my clients. It's really one of the first questions I ask them, have you been in therapy? Was it couples therapy? Is it individual therapy. And I explained to them, they look at me like, why is this divorce attorney asking me this? Right. Right. It is so important. Yes. I am not a therapist. I, if you have someone you can offload that emotional baggage to before you come to mediation, oh, it's an amazing, beautiful mediation session yeah. because you're not caught up in all of this stuff okay. because your attorney mediator cannot unpack all of that for you. Not trained in that way, but a therapist can. Right. So the ideal scenario would be a marital mediation and the individual's in counseling yeah i don't know that couples therapy always works i either get you know we did that we tried that it didn't work or another scenario i get is my spouse won't go to mediation or won't go to therapy but we'll go to mediation mm-hmm. and i've seen that too um my spouse won't go to therapy but they'll go to a coach So that's the next layer. If you don't want to go to therapy, find a good divorce coach. That is all of it's helpful. Yes. Um, In this business, we all support each other. All of these professionals. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to help these families. So get a therapist, get a coach, have your attorney on the side, get your mediator, get all the people in place to support you. Right. And you'll have a more successful path
0: you know, and I'm thinking, so I am on the same page with you and everything. Sometimes I will have my couples, if they haven't gone to any counseling sessions, there's a counselor in this area who does something called discernment counseling. Yes, And he, so I do, I do ask them to do that if they're questioning it and they don't want to get counseling to see if they really do both want to move forward with the divorce. And usually it's not a whole lot of sessions. They just kind of do that as a step, but I'm so in line and agreement with what you are doing. Um, So now I have to just kind of round back when you were talking about the post nuptial, that's one, the third option. So in Pennsylvania, when you're an attorney and a mediator, can you file the paperwork for them? It would be,
1: well, it depends. Okay. I personally do not file anything for my clients with the court. It would be an out-of-court agreement or contract. It is legally That's enforceable at any time. Okay. But they would have to, and I explain this to them, they would have to, because I'm a neutral, they would have to hire their own attorney, a separate attorney to file that document for enforceability. So it takes me out of it. Yes. Right? I can't represent them. So they would file that separately. If so, a lot of clients will just keep it as a private confidentials agreement that's never filed. In right. Court.
0: Okay, I get that. That totally makes sense to me. And and I like you, I actually um when my clients sign the agreement to mediate, I tell them that I want them to take this agreement each of them, to an attorney takes, you know, an hour or two of their time to review it because that attorney can advise them and yes. I can't. So, yeah, I'm on the same page as you. It's interesting some states will allow an attorney mediator to file documents. So my Wisconsin state that I do mediations in allows that and Minnesota where the brunt of my work is does not. So I was just,
1: I have years ago when I first started, I did do that, but there was something, I don't know, a little uneasy about it for me and it is allowed and people do it. My mentor um, who taught me, you know, the whole process. That's what he does. Um, But I stopped doing that. And it made me feel better that they were going to someone else that could give them some, you know, a little bit outside advice, even though we do explain the law, and this is how it works in Pennsylvania. It just gave me a little comfort level. So that's that voice inside of us that says, are we helping them? Are we really, is it really client centered? Or do we feel like we need to control everything? Right. and to release that to say okay I, this is not going to cost them a lot of money to have exactly. someone review it and it's file. Still, why it's, not
0: it's still a huge cost savings if we work yes. together and you have someone review it and then you and you know what everyone has been so happy to do it and i think there's yes. just a little bit of relief knowing that someone like oh yeah okay i see yep that works fine or we can come back you know, if yes. it kind of says, oh, you know, I think you could maybe, you maybe should get a little bit more of this and we'll come back and we'll talk about that together. I've
1: never, I've never not, I've never not, I've never had a case <laughs> that has not um gone through because of an outside counsel. Yes. Sometimes you get right. the difficult ones, right? That they're a little bit difficult to work with, but for the most part, we've been able to take care of everything in mediation. Maybe there's been a little pushback, let's meet again. And I, I, you know, you figure out who the names are of the attorneys. And you're like, oh, of course, I knew this was coming. (laughs) And sometimes if I know who the attorney is, I might throw in some, I know what they like to see, you know, some of this language that I'll throw in. But it's that little feeling, just like what you said about discernment counseling. I mean, what divorce attorney would would turn away a client. But that's what we do as mediators. Right, right, We say, be sure this is what you want. Get the discernment counseling. I'm here. Come back if you need me. It's such a different approach. Um, a typical divorce attorney would not let that case walk out the door. Right. They would say, come in, let's file, let's move forward. This is what is makes us a different breed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I love it. And I love this idea of marital mediation. Do you think now I've heard a little bit about it? Do you think it's something that's starting to take off? Are you hearing about continuing legal education courses that are talking about it?
1: So this is I this again, this is that nudge that yeah. you get. I went to my first in-person conference Ooh. for my CLEs. I know in years. And I thought this feels so weird, but wouldn't you know it? One of the options in the CLE, this was two day, uh, two days worth of CLEs was marital mediation. And I thought there's another person out there doing this. I need to sit in on this course and see what this per- person is doing. So, um, the, uh, the course was not taught by an attorney. So it was a little bit different than what I do. Um, his name is Max Rivers, and he has been doing marital mediation for a long time, but he's also not a therapist. So that intrigued me a little bit. So it's not the psychological piece, but also not the legal piece. It's something somewhere in the middle. Okay. And what resonated with me is his, well, he uses... Um, nonviolent communication in his uh, marital mediation sessions. And uh, the mediation courses that I took and what I'm familiar with um, is the um, non-defensive communication, powerful Mm -hmm. non-defensive communication. Sharon Ellison is sort of the the piece that I'm aware of and that I use in my mediation practice, they're not far, far off. It's not far off. So it was interesting to listen to him and learn from him. And he has a book, which I got, and I have it here. It's called loving conflict, a new alternative to couples counseling. So and, I'll show okay, it.
0: that's what, I, and I lo- I love that because that's what I was thinking. This is an alternative. This is an alternative for people. And I think it's, a really, really good one. And I am just, I'm going to get that book for sure. And I am going to start offering this to my clients because of you and that little nudge. And I'm so excited about it. it. Do you feel yes. what I'm
1: saying? There's something inside of you that says, you know, how can we help these families? As a child of divorce, What if my parents had this as an
0: opportunity?
1: And the case I had recently, the couple said, we have done years of counseling. Divorce is not on the table. This is our next thing that we are trying as a couple. And I thought to myself, yes, why not? Why wouldn't you try this this, this way, this alternative to couples counseling? And she's a therapist.
0: Really? So I,
1: yes, and I just found it. Um, and she, I found it fascinating that she wanted to try this alternative. Because here's the difference, and it, it's it's really in line with mediation. In mediation, we don't talk a lot about the past, right? We are forward focused. One of the conversations I have with my clients is that we're looking in the front view mirror, not the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. Because if you're looking in the rear view mirror, you're going to crash. Right. Same with marital mediation. If you go to couples therapy and therapy in general, there's a lot of talk of childhood and traumas and behavior between the couple that occurred maybe 10 years ago. And Max uh, Rivers talks about this a little bit where he says, Un, uh, going through these past traumas is a lot on a couple. And there's a place for that. But when conflict resolution, you don't want to look in the past. You want to say to yourselves, what can we do today? What can we do moving forward to help our marriage? And let's put that plan in place. So that's what we do. And that's, I think, the distinctive difference between couples counseling and marital mediation.
0: Yeah, You know, the
1: psychological a- aspects, you need a therapist for that, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Go- Go to the therapist. But for conflict resolution, you might need some tools to kind of like a coach.
0: Kind of like a kind of like a coach. Resolution coach.
1: Exactly. And you teach them to self-mediate. So I I would ask you because I'm curious. When you started mediating, did your marriage improve?
0: Yes. Mine too. I wasn't expecting that. No, me neither. And the things that I have learned through this podcast to build my marriage um, is incredible. Yeah, because you learn how you deal with conflict, and you look at it. It's it's an amazing, amazing thing. And I am so grateful to have learned truly from the bottom of my heart to have learned this from you today. Um, and now, Don, we're getting up to my new. Saddle Up segment, where I ask every guest a positive move forward, something that the listener could do right now to make a difference in their life.
1: Hmm. Well, I mentioned it earlier, and that is this book, Loving Conflict by Max Rivers. If you read, he recommends reading the first three chapters and that the first three chapters Will be life changing to you, and I agree. I've read the first three chapters. I am on board with what he's saying, but just to learn a bit more about conflict resolution, um, maybe distinguish it from the therapy space. If you've been in therapy for years and years and years, and you're looking for just something else, something different, that alternative to explore um, this marital mediation a little bit and get Max's book. It's on Amazon um, loving conflict, a new alternative to couples counseling. And I think that would be a good first step for folks Mm -hmm. thinking about marital mediation.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Don, how can people find you? It'll be in my show notes. But how can people find you if they want to connect?
1: I'm easy to find. I am on Instagram at don Clement, And I'm on LinkedIn. I think it's just Don Clement. And I also have a website, clementmediation.com. So all one word, clementmediation.com. And I have a lot of resources there. And you'll see my little button. If you're interested in marital mediation, you can click on it. That's what you need on your website
0: now. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to do that now. John, thank you so much for being here. I knew it was going to be great. It was such a pleasure.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Doing Divorce Different. We come around every week, so please hit subscribe so that you can join us each week to delve into all the topics surrounding divorce and children and doing divorce a different way. Go to lisakoski.com to connect with me.